ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. It is such a joy to have Jamie Valmay with me. Jamie, thanks so much for joining. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to chat about cooking because it's just my favorite subject. So I'm excited for it. Oh, I know. I know. And there's so many things that I could have you on to chat about. I started listening to your podcast. Actually, I think I found you in 2020. So COVID. Um, awesome. And I just gleaned so much. I actually wound up getting a grain mill in the States and did all of that because Yay. of you. I couldn't bring it with me. <laughs> I mean, they're like oh, so almost five times the price in Australia. So I haven't gotten one yet. Um, yep. But anyway, I have gleaned so much from you. So it was just such a treat to have you on the podcast to talk about cooking from scratch. So that um, is a really exciting topic. And then obviously, because you just have a slew of kids and I have a slew of kids and a lot of my listeners <laughs> have a slew of kids, we're going to talk about incorporating children into that. Um, but mm-hmm. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and your family and what it is that you do? All right. So I'm Jamie and uh, my husband, Jason, and I have actually been married 14 years today. Today's actually our oh, anniversary. happy anniversary. <laughs> and you're celebrating too. it with me. <laughs> yes, I am. We're so boring, I guess. That's what happens when you hit 14 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we have seven kids. We have got a little bit of an unusual family. We've got two sets of twins back to back. Those are our first, mm-hmm. or the two sets of twin boys. So at one point we had four boys, two and under. So we've, wow. <laughs> we have a loud household, <laughs> um, all the way down now to, uh, the baby who's nine months old. We have six boys and one girl, um, which uh, part of why I am so passionate about figuring out how to cook is I already feel like these kids eat us out of house and home, uh, especially with rising food costs. I just look yes. at my oldest are almost 11. And I, I look at like the next five years, how are we going to afford to feed these kids who just, even now they don't stop eating. So what's it going to look like when we have so many teenage boys under one roof? Like I got to get serious about learning how to do this, how to do it so that we're nutritionally filling everybody up. So people Mm -hmm. have energy to tackle their day, but also how do I do this in a budget? Because healthy eating gets really, really expensive and I don't have a million hours every day to spend in the kitchen. So it's got to be fast. It's got to be easy, hopefully healthy, uh, and something that everybody's going to kind of want to eat. And so that is really how I have become so passionate about it. And part of that is because coming into marriage, I had zero home uh, cooking skills, like, and zero mm-hmm. homemaking skills. Didn't know how to yeah. cook at all. And so I really feel like I've just had a crash course the last 14 years. And I get so passionate about it because so many women I talk to are like, I have no idea how to feed my crew. Yes, I'm dying with start. my yes. Boss. yes. And how, you know, how do we do this? And I'm like, let's figure it out together because mm-hmm. I get something that a lot of us really need help with right now. Yes. Well, I love that. And I do feel like coming to this topic and really, if you break it apart, you have the cooking from scratch and then you have incorporating kids on top of that. Both of those can feel a little overwhelming. Um, and I, I know I've seen on your Instagram, you do Q and A's and stuff um, because of where you're at now. I feel like people ask all the time, like, how is this practical? How did you get there? You know, you must have started out as superwoman. Um, But I love hearing that. And I believe you've shared before that you really didn't have hardly any cooking abilities starting out. And that's something that you've grown in. And I love seeing that and realizing, like, you don't have to have all the know-how when you start. It's just those baby steps. And I mean, you you said you've been married 14 years now um, and you have kids that are 
getting older. So it's been a progress, I'm assuming, yeah. um, just kind of learning and growing in this. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot. I, I always say it's just the small little daily baby steps because mm-hmm. my husband and I both, we kind of joke that like, he's like, I, I knew you had so many great qualities when we got married, but an amazing cook is not one of those things that I thought I was getting. <laughs> and and look at you now. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I say like, not that I'm this like gourmet, incredible chef. I actually cook really simple food, but I think Mm -hmm. you can make really simple, hearty food that's still healthy that people are going to love, that's nourishing. And Mm -hmm. it was a lot of little tiny baby steps. Like I, I mean, when I say I had zero cooking skills, I had zero, like coming into marriage, I was like, how do you make spaghetti? Okay. I've got a jar of already made sauce. I got to look up the directions for the pasta. Like I didn't know how to do anything. Mm -hmm. And so it really was a lot of just daily little, like I'm going to try a tiny little new recipe. Okay. The temp, the, the recipe says to do this. I don't know what that means. I'm going to try to figure it out. And in the middle of it, you don't feel like you're making progress. You, you just remember the burned lasagna and you know, the failures. But if, when I look back, especially in my first five years of marriage, I realized I went from literally nothing to kind of figuring out how to meal plan here and there, figuring out how to kind of put recipes together. But in the middle of it, it didn't feel like I was making a whole lot of progress because it did take several years to Mm -hmm. kind of start to figure it out. And then fast forward to really starting to figure out what healthy food is and trying to get back to um, less processed foods. And that was a whole brand new education that I felt like, wait a minute, I just learned how to cook. And now I'm taking on these new things and it can feel really easy to want to add in a hundred new things at once. Like when you mm-hmm. start realizing, oh, I want to eat healthier flowers or I want to take, you know, take away processed foods. It can feel like we have to do everything right now, this second. And that's, that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. That's too hard. So taking one little tiny baby step, and that's what I've done is really when my first set of twins were born is when I started really going, okay, I've got little babies. What do I feed them? They need to eat healthy food. What does that mean? <laughs> and mm-hmm. that was really kind of the genesis. And so it's been 10 years in that progress now. And I mean, when I say it's baby steps, really, it's just, you know, each month, each year, tackling one new little thing. Mm-hmm. And for me now, I make pretty much a hundred percent of all of our bread products from scratch. And even five years ago, I couldn't, I couldn't have fathomed that. I would have been like, Mm -hmm. there's no way that's so hard and complicated, but you learn one new recipe at a time, master that one recipe, and then move on to the next thing. Once you've mastered it, it's not taking up brain space anymore. Mm -hmm. You don't have to think through every single little step. You can just whip it together. I can whip together homemade bread now. And I, never thought that I would ever be able to do that. And it really doesn't take as much effort. I mean, you got to put some elbow grease in, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't take as much. I think it's that mental effort that's the hard part. Yes. I love that. And I do think you're so right. I'm glad you brought that out because I feel like, especially just in the age of Instagram and social media, you know, you see, oh, this person's, you know, doing sourdough and this person's making everything from scratch and this person's collecting their eggs from their chicken. And it can Mm -hmm. just feel so much like I'm so lacking and I don't even know where to jump in. Um, yeah. But finding uh, your success in growth and not perfection, I think yeah. is so key in just saying, okay, well, today I did this better than I did yesterday, or today I'm going to learn what this is. I know being in Australia, I'm having to learn some new ingredients and learn yeah. Celsius and learning uh, new kitchen equipment. And that's been a process. I told my husband just the other day, I was like, 
I wasn't a bad cook in the States, but we've come over here and I'm like, oh my word, I feel like I'm starting over. Um, yes. But it's just had to be like, okay, like I'm not going to tackle everything. We're just going to start with the simple things and work our way through that. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, now, now we can eat and enjoy a meal, you know, still haven't perfected a few things, but that comes with time. So I love that you really made that emphasis. Well, it, it takes time and it also takes getting your priorities in line. So I have a hundred things that I want to learn in the kitchen still. There's a hundred things that I'd like to master. And so we have to realize too, like you said, it's not about perfection. It's also about doing the best that we can with what we have. And then we trust the Lord with the rest. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that I say all the time, because look, if I sat down and were to design my ideal diet for my family, I mean, it would include like absolute top of the line meats that are the highest quality, everything Mm -hmm. grass fed. I mean, you know, down the line to everything being organic, everything locally grown, you know, you go down this list and it's not possible. We don't have the Mm -hmm. budget. We don't have the time. And so I do what I can. And then I trust the Lord with the rest that he's going to take care of that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for example, with bread, one of the healthiest ways to do bread is sourdough. So you can do sourdough starter and you can make everything. You can make waffles out of that. And and a lot of people do. For my season that I'm in right now, that's just a whole nother step of having to have it prepared the night before, going Mm -hmm. through all the things. It's not something that's really on my to-do list for right now. I would like to get back into that, incorporate it again. It's not on my list right now. I do what I can with the bread products, make them Mm -hmm. simple and fast and easy. And that's something that one day when I, if I, if I have a little more space, it's something I can tackle, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to do what I can with the priorities that we have. And everybody's Mm going to have different priorities. Some people don't eat a lot of bread. That's not their priority to make. They're going to be looking at how do I just get dinner on the table or freezer cooking or what have you. Mm -hmm. Well, I think too, the season can often dictate your priorities. And I had to realize that as a mom, you know, if I am freshly postpartum or in morning sickness or different seasons of like that, it it wasn't time to tackle big projects in the kitchen, Um, you know, but then, then there were other times, like I I did tackle freezer cooking uh, in a second trimester with one of my kids more than I ever had before because I was feeling good. I had more energy and I knew I was heading into a season where I wouldn't. And so now was the time to tackle that area. And it was, it was beneficial, um, but recognizing the seasons and, and I like how you said too, um, just really figuring out what your priorities are, what works for your family. Another thing I've really appreciated about what you share, because so much of what you share is from scratch and healthy foods and making good choices. Um, but you also talk about kind of, I believe the 80, 20, how yeah. that doesn't mean that your family can't go out, you know, when you're traveling and enjoy a meal at a restaurant. Cause I think sometimes we almost have this fear of, okay, we, we want everything to be so clean and healthy, but now it's hard to step into like normal life sometimes and feel okay with that and not have be guilty. Yeah. And I think there's a lot, there can be a lot of guilt. There can be a lot of fear when we do start looking into eating healthier and trying to, um, you know, cut out uh, white flour and all the sugar mm-hmm. and artificial flavorings and artificial colorings. And, you know, every time you turn what around, there's when another you go article. to a birthday party. <laughs> yes. And, and you turn around and there's another article of all the things that are going to kill you right now. And mm-hmm. um, I don't, I think you can fall into one of two camps. One camp is you just completely ignore it all. Say, I'm going to eat McDonald's for three meals a day and trust the Lord who cares. Well, yeah. I think God has given us, you know, we're, we're supposed to be responsible with what he's given mm-hmm. us. And so I look at feeding my family as a responsibility. And when mm-hmm. I do look at something, I don't want to just feed them white flour and white sugar every single meal, every single day. I want to yeah. feed them 
nourishing food that's good for them how I can. But then you mm-hmm. fall into the other side of you're so freaked out that yes, you can't go to a birthday party and they can't have the cupcake or they can't, you know, you can't ever go on a road trip because you're so freaked out about fast food um, mm-hmm. that it just, it just, you know, and there's true allergies and there, you know, there's yes. things obviously to work around. Um, but we have to realize God's sovereignty in it. We have mm-hmm. to realize that God is in control and by our healthy eating or w- what we're allowing or not allowing our kids to eat, is not going to add a single hour to our life. It's not going to mm-hmm. add a single second to our life. Yes. And so we need to be, um, we need to care for our families well. And what you mm-hmm. do eat can really have an effect on your energy and your vitality and how well you can serve the Lord. So we mm-hmm. want to take that responsibility seriously, but yes. at the same time, holding that intention with the fact that we absolutely and completely trust the Lord that mm-hmm. even if we eat McDonald's three times a day, that the the Lord is still sovereign and that he cares for us and he is sovereign over those times. Mm -hmm. So if your kid has a cupcake that's got the artificial flavorings in it or whatever, that God is also still sovereign over that. And so we do not need to have fear. So when we Mm -hmm. go on a road trip, I mean, there's times we, we went on a road trip last year where I just had my stuff together. I pre-made tons of stuff. We saved so much money. It was awesome. We took a different trip where I had absolutely no time. I was hugely pregnant and we ate a lot of fast food on that Mm -hmm. trip. And you know what? It it is what it is. You just can't be thinking of every single little tiny ingredient. Um, we just, that's, that's where you trust the Lord. You let go, Mm -hmm. you trust the Lord because we're not, we can't do everything perfect a hundred percent of the time. Even if we had the budget, (laughs) we do not have the time or vice versa. Yes. Yes. Well, I love that. And, you know, I think Simeon and I, my husband, we were newly married when we just had this like light bulb moment. I don't know why it took us so long, but we realized that stewardship went so far beyond just financial reasons. You know, we we just thought, oh, stewardship was regards to our money. Um, But really seeing stewardship in every aspect of our life changed so much of our thinking and how we started raising our family. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, stewardship of our health and of our family and of our children, um, but then bringing God's sovereignty in with that. I'm so glad that um, that you said that. Because I do feel like that brings us to that middle place of peace where we do yep. our best. We try to take care of our family with within the season that we're in, with the budget that we're given, with the time that we have. Um, but then beyond that, the things that are out of our control, that's what we leave to the Lord. And I feel like that's that's what I'm trying to learn, you know, in my motherhood is do my best, give what I can. And beyond that, trust in the Lord, rest in that. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's, that's the hardest thing, especially for us mothers who are trying to track everything and grocery Mm -hmm. budget and meal plan in a smart way, but also trying to maybe make some things and what do we choose and what don't we choose? It can get, and I do see a lot of women get so upset and so frustrated in the process because they don't have the time or the budget for Mm -hmm. how they want to do it, what they want to do it. Or they have a husband who's maybe not quite as on board and they're, you know, nagging him because he wants to eat some cookies. And Mm -hmm. so we have to realize too, God is sovereign in that and trying Mm -hmm. to yank any sort of food that your husband wants out of his grasp is really not the the way to go about it. Make the most amazing, incredible homemade cookie that he's Mm -hmm. ever had. So he doesn't want the junk food, make those incredible ones. But you know what? If he still wants the Twinkie, let him have the Twinkie because God is sovereign over that. And you being a naggy wife or, you know, being 
that, um, you know, he, he's not allowed to eat anything. I mean, I, I, there are husbands who will sneak snacks behind their wife's back and that's not okay. That's not Mm -hmm. the relationship that you want to have. And we are, we're holding so tightly to what the best option for eating out your, you know, eating is then that's just not, that's not glorifying to God in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think we just, we have to keep that overall perspective. And it's something I have to remind myself all the time when I'm feeling like, oh, you know, I didn't do great at meal planning this week. And, oh, I don't know. Oh, we're having mac and cheese again. You know, God is in control. And and we hold those two things in balance. And when we can keep that in perspective, Mm -hmm. we're going to have a whole lot more peace in all the things that we're doing. Not even just food, but all the things. Yes. So true. Well, so cooking from scratch, you've been doing this for a while and and we've already talked about time and we've talked about budget. Um, but from your experience now doing this, how do you see that that has actually helped, um, that you have been able to find the time to do this and that you have found that, uh, it, it is, feasible to incorporate that into the budget. Because sometimes I know me, I feel like, oh my goodness, to, to meal plan and to try to cook from scratch and all that, like it takes so much time and it takes so much money. So we're just going to go out to eat. Um, but then I yep. sit there and I look at this meal and I'm like, okay, this one meal cost X amount of dollars, which means I could have gotten this many groceries, you know, so you have this kind of catch two here. Um, but how yes. practically has that worked out in your family? So one of the really big lessons that I've learned is that we, we just, we eat a lot of really simple foods. So for a really long time, when I was trying to cook healthy, it was like these insane gourmet salads that have 40 different pieces to it. And these crazy elaborate meals, because if, you know, if you go on Pinterest, if you're searching, that's how food bloggers are going to get clicks is by these crazy big elaborate meals, not really simple, hearty spaghetti, you know? Um, and what I, what I've really realized through cooking from scratch more is you don't have to do really elaborate, healthy, crazy things. Take Mm -hmm. spaghetti and just break down the ingredients and make it from scratch. And Mm -hmm. a from scratch spaghetti, you can have done in 20 minutes. You can do Mm -hmm. it really fast. You can let it simmer and do an hour and a half one if you got time, but it also can be start to finish. It can be 20 minutes and use real ingredients and you've got a healthy meal right there. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I've done a lot is kind of reverse engineer. Like we do throughout the winter, we do, um, tomato soup and grilled cheese all Mm -hmm. the time. It's all whole ingredients. We're making a tomato soup. And I've seen that so much in your cooking where you take things that might be labeled as unhealthy. I just, the first thing that comes to mind is pizza. I don't see that as like, Oh, that's going to be my healthy choice meal. Um, but when you take that and cook it from scratch, all of a sudden, you have all these great clean ingredients and you're feeding yes. your family a great meal. Yes. And, and my kids, we do pizza night every Saturday night and it's, mm-hmm. they love it. Um, and it does, pizza takes a little bit more work than some things, but like I just put my mixer on and it makes the dough. It's not that mm-hmm. hard, especially when you get in the rhythm. But yeah. after we had my, uh, when I had a baby nine months ago, after we had him, cause we do pizza night every Saturday, it's a thing. We, my husband was just picking up pizza from Walmart for a few weeks and, um, my kids every night were like, Oh it's store-bought pizza. And like, actually Walmart's pizza is pretty good. And like, it's Uh decent. And they're like, oh, it's not mom's homemade. Like, and little do they know, mine's like a thousand times healthier, Um, but they love it. And they love the process of getting to help. And I mean, Mm -hmm. it is delicious. It's really good. We're not eating like cardboard over here. Um, It is really good pizza. And so that's what I'm doing so often is just kind of Mm -hmm. taking, like we make a bomb.com 
homemade mac and cheese. You can absolutely make that with real whole ingredients, make Mm -hmm. it delicious, amazing, and healthy. And so I think a lot of times we try to overcomplicate what it means to eat healthy. And what I want to do in my kitchen is just bring it back down to real whole food ingredients. Mm -hmm. So instead of having all this food you can't pronounce, instead of basing everything off of sugar, (laughs) which is in everything, let's make it out of real whole ingredients. And right there, you've really cut to the quick of what it means to eat healthy, then yes, there's things that we can do above and beyond that to learn. But I found Mm -hmm. that that's just kind of my guiding principle is making things from scratch when and where I can, but in a really, really simple way. Um, So for us, it just, it it ends up being simple. And then your Mm -hmm. second question was, budget. And so many people, I share like my bulk food, um, purchases that I do. And so many people think there's no way I could ever fit that in the budget. And I think what they're, what they're thinking in their mind is this entire big bulk, but, uh, food plus Mm -hmm. what they're already buying every single month. And the thing is those big bulk orders that I do is about 90% of my grocery budget every Mm -hmm. single month because I'm rotating through. So just today I got a big bulk order. I got 25 pounds of oats. I got all of these different things. I got a bunch of like 30 pounds of frozen vegetables to put in the freezer. These are things that I'm buying instead of little tiny packages of every Mm -hmm. little thing at the grocery store every month. So what I find amusing is when people say, how do you possibly afford that? When if I tried to take all the food that we eat every month and bought it at the grocery store instead, we would spend <laughs> three or four times the amount. Yeah. So and I'm the assuming way those bulk orders could, too is not like a monthly thing. Having that much will get you yes. several months. Yes. And so when you're buying, you know, the gallon of olive oil, it's going to last you six months or, I mean, yeah. depending on your family size, less or more, <laughs> it doesn't last us that long, but we do a lot of cooking. Um, yes. but you are, that's what I, I do a bulk or a big bulk order. And so maybe I bought 10 items, but mm-hmm. then the next month they're 10 different items. Then the third mm-hmm. month they're 10 different items. And then I've run out of one thing. And on the fourth month, that one thing's being restocked. And so when you can start buying, especially for a large family, if you can start buying things in bulk, all of a sudden you see, oh, if I bought it for a pound, this is how much. And if I bought it for five pounds or 25 pounds, the price per pound just plummets. And so that is the only way that in a lot of ways that I can feed our family the way that I do is because I I buy beans in 25 pound bags. And Mm -hmm. so when you're able to do that, you can really, and you have to do it slow. I just, I didn't transform my whole pantry overnight. It was one bag of beans at a time and you slowly can start trading those out and you can save so much money that way, especially right now. Um, if you go to, you know, Costco, I mean, you're, I don't know, your prices are probably all over the place in Australia. (laughs) Well, we have an exchange rate too. So we're still trying to figure all that out. Yes. Well, I'm sure that's so hard. (laughs) So for me, when I go to Costco right now, everything is more expensive right now, Mm -hmm. but raw ingredients, if you're buying some coconut oil and some like dried black beans, the amount that they have risen in the last three years is, is very small compared. Mm -hmm. If you go to the frozen section, you're looking for prepared foods. Like I used to buy at Costco, the Annie's like organic mac and cheese things. Mm -hmm. Those have gone up like $8 a box in like the last year, which is (laughs) huge. And yeah. so when you're buying prepared stuff, you're also getting with all of inflation and everything mm-hmm. you're starting, you're getting multiple lever, le- levels of markup because yes. it's gone through so many different hands. And so I think a lot of people see 
cooking from scratch and you don't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. They've kind of seen yeah. it as a hobby. And I've really looked at it in the last few years as more of a necessity that if I want mm-hmm. to feed my family some quality things, I'm going to put a little bit of time and effort into figuring out how to do this because yeah. I do feel like it is really essential. Um, and all, I mean, I say that also by saying every kitchen's going to look different. Everybody's going to have different priorities, different mm-hmm. time, you know, all of that. But I do think it is worth looking at some ways that you can, um, buy some things in a little bit of a bigger bulk. And Hey, you know what? We lived in an RV for two years while we traveled full-time around the United States. And I cooked largely the same way. You can fit Mm -hmm. little buckets in all these little crazy places that you never thought. And we didn't buy nearly in the bulk that we can now, Mm -hmm. but you can do it even in a very small space, even in a very small kitchen, you can buy five pounds of dried beans um, and you can stick them in a little container. There's little tiny things that you can do. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so let's talk. So we've talked so much about cooking from scratch. Let's bring kids into this. Because you said you have seven. Um, And I see your Instagram and you're bringing them in the kitchen. And I feel like that, you know, cooking from scratch is daunting. But also bringing kids into the kitchen can feel daunting. Um, So why don't you talk to that a little bit? Maybe why is that important to you? And then I do feel like I've seen you are at a stage in motherhood. You're a little further down the road than me. So I feel like you are seeing some fruit um, from some of that initial, you know, I'm in the little years. So to bring them in the kitchen feels Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, so I have my almost three-year-old. I can tiptoe into the kitchen and think, I'm just going to whip up something real quick. And she just gets this sixth sense. She knows mommy's in the kitchen. And here she come in. And part of me wants to embrace that helping. The other part is like, I really just wanted to do this fast without the mess and taking twice as long. Um, but uh, you have these older ones now that you've brought them in. And yeah. now I see your kid like, oh my goodness, they're making breakfast for the whole family. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so from your wisdom of where you're at and how you've incorporated this, share a little bit about why that's important, why you're trying to do that, and then encourage us moms who aren't quite at that stage yet. Okay. So I've got a few things that come to mind. And yeah. the first thing I want to say is that when you are in the all little years, it is different than when you have olders mixed in with littles. So I have two littles. I have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old. It's completely different. The stuff I can get done now is so different, even though I have two littles, than when I only had two littles. Yeah. And that's a it's it's weird that it works that way. But you also gain, you gain a lot of knowledge, you gain a lot of experience. But when you only have littles, it is a very unique season. It's a very, very different time. And when I had only littles, I was drowning a lot of days. And so there were times where I thought, oh, I know I should pull them in the kitchen more, but I just, I I just got to get dinner on the table. And you know what? Sometimes that's kind of just what you got to do. And, you know, a year from now is going to be different. Six months from now might feel like you're entering a different season. So Mm -hmm. if you have only littles, give yourself some time too. It is a really hard season. It is very overwhelming. And I remember looking at moms who had older kids and babies, and I'm like, they can do it with older kids and babies. But the (laughs) littles only season, it's a whole different thing. It is rough. So I will just say that. Uh, as some encouragement, your, your time uh-huh. is coming where it will get a little easier. <laughs> I did have a mom um, tell me one time too, and I thought this was genius. She said, okay, my three-year-old isn't going to realize that the task that she has been given is not a part of the recipe. Um, so maybe, you know, I'm just going to pour a little yes. separate bowl of something and just let her stir. And she thinks she's helping and she's right there with me. Um, but I'm continuing on in, in the recipe or whatever. Um, so that was just like, oh, that's yes. really smart, you know? So that was that was good advice I received. I do that with my three-year-old all the time. My three-year-old wants to be in the kitchen. 
every single recipe. And I mean, sometimes he goes down for a nap and I'm like, oh, thank you. I'm going to make a bunch <laughs> of recipes because it is extra work bringing them <laughs> in the kitchen when they're that little. But all like when I'm making homemade pizza, he has his own little glob of dough and he's creating his own creation. And half the time yes. we bake them and it's like this mm-hmm. ugly deformed thing. And he's so proud of his little pizza. <laughs> I've and made he makes- this. He makes a mess and he just like, sometimes I will even, if I'm really doing a recipe where I got to move, because sometimes Mm -hmm. I just got to get it done and I don't have the time to say, okay, pour it in. And I try to take the time for that whenever Mm -hmm. I can. Sometimes Mm -hmm. the recipe's got to be done. So sometimes I will give him his own little bowl and I will just give him a little splash of milk and then I'm doing a couple things and then I'll give him a little olive oil. Like, and he's mixing up some crazy concoction over there Uh and He's happy as a clam. So yes, Yes. absolutely do that. Um, And I think for me, I just, I have a very big goal of wanting to teach my kids real world skills. I want them better than I was becoming an adult. And Mm -hmm. so I want them to know how to cook. I want them to uh, be able to figure out their way around the kitchen. Um, And I also think that cooking are really incredible skills to have. Um, Mm -hmm. Just learning how to measure things, learning how to cut things. I mean, there's so much science. There's, especially for younger, you know, elementary aged kids, there's so much that can be learned just through cooking. Mm -hmm. And so I see it as a really valuable part of our education. Mm -hmm. And so I think because I have such a focus of education on it, it's a lot easier for me to say, yes, come into the kitchen because I've gotten so much better at that. And it's become a lot more natural, but I still, when someone comes up to me and I'm cooking and they're like, mom, can I help? I'm like, okay. Like I got to like reorient my mind that yes, yes, you can come alongside me because I want that for them. I want Mm -hmm. them in the kitchen. And a lot of times I just have to like, be like, okay, sure. (laughs) You can come alongside me. But the more that you do it, the more that they learn those skills. So today, my six-year-old and I, and the three-year-old, I don't know what, he was like eating batter out of the bowl. Um, The six-year-old and I made granola bars and I was able to, helped her kind of mix it up. And then she put all of the granola bars in the molds while I was off cutting bread and doing other things. Like Mm -hmm. she was able to actually take that. Even at six years old, she was, she's able to do so many things. Um, She washed all the dishes then after we finished it up because it was her recipe she really wanted to make. I wasn't planning Mm -hmm. on making it. I said, can we make granola bars? And so she does all these things at six years old that mm-hmm. I'm like, these are skills that I had to learn at 21. Like yes. <laughs> she's learning them now. And mm-hmm. so, and my older boys, like they can fully make breakfast. It, they can make so many different things that mm-hmm. that's where it really starts to pay off because my kids yeah. can come in the kitchen now and say, mom, can we have cookies tonight? And I'm like, sure go ahead. Here's the cookbook. And they can just make these things. Um, yes. and especially in seasons where when you have a newborn, it's incredible how kids who eat can just make some eggs or some oatmeal, mm-hmm. really simple things. What an incredible blessing that is that they know their way around the kitchen a little bit to at least be able yeah. to do some things. And it's the same, same thing with training your kids on chores, training mm-hmm. them how to cook is just, it's so much work up front. It's so much time. And then all of a sudden they know how to cook and you're like, Oh, 
That's really handy and helpful. <laughs> yes. My oldest is six. I need to do this better in the kitchen. We've really tackled cleaning. That has been like yeah. our area of focus. Yeah. Um, and I told my, so we just had Mother's Day and I told my husband, it was amazing. Like they, you know, he helped them make breakfast, but they did make breakfast, but she did all the dishes afterward. We yes. were having company come in town. So I was just like, Hey, go clean the bathroom. And she yeah. came back and I'm done. And you know, I looked and I was like, I don't have to go behind you. Like you did a good job. And I told my husband, I was like, man, it feels so good to have her be an active helper. Um, and, and so I, I see that in our cleaning, I need to be better about bringing that into the kitchen more. Well, that was our first thing that we tackled cleaning and figuring out, like, you need to be responsible for taking care Mm -hmm. of your areas. Like that was our first thing we really tackled before we really brought them into the kitchen because I felt like I could only teach so many things at once because you do Mm -hmm. at at the beginning, you have to be on top of them for everything and with cleaning and with cooking. So cleaning was our first area too, that we were like, we're really going to work on this first and then bringing them more into the kitchen. And you know, the other tip too is most of the time I will only bring one child into the kitchen to cook at a time. So a, for a long time, I used to get when they were younger, I would get really frustrated and I'd say, okay, never mind, no more helpers, because they all, every time yes. I was cooking, every single one wanted to be in and it was just chaos. And mm-hmm. so I started doing kitchen helper of the day. And this was when they were younger. I don't have to do it like this anymore. But when they were younger, it was kitchen helper of the day. Mm-hmm. Malachi, you are kitchen helper of the day. Whatever I'm cooking today, breakfast, lunch, dinner, you can be with me. You can cook. And everybody knows that tomorrow is Micah. And so mm-hmm. it would just, it eliminated every single argument of, I want to help. I want to do this. I want to do yeah. that because they knew it wasn't their day and they knew tomorrow was going to be their day or whenever. And so that really, really helped because it helped me then give attention and time mm-hmm. and helped me teach them how to cook because there was yeah. only one. And I could say, okay, you're, this is how you're going to crack an egg. Whereas when all five are trying to get their hands in, uh, mm-hmm. it just doesn't work very well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that too. You know, I, I think it's Susanna Wesley who had like the 19 kids and she, it says she found time to spend with each of them. And I think mm-hmm. how on earth did you do that? But I bringing kids in like that's yeah. a different part. You know, that's your one-on-one time with that child. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So I love just in, in practical everyday life with all the responsibilities that brings, yeah. how you can still have that training time, have that one-on-one yeah. time when you bring yeah. them into the practical aspects of homemaking. And then like you said, you know, I hope that when my kids launch into adulthood that they're further down the road than I was when I started. Yeah. And I hope my grandkids are even further than that. Um, yeah. So taking that long look helps, I think, sometimes in those difficult years. Yes. When, like you said, like I, there are so many times when I'd rather be listening to an audiobook and like, mm. or listening to a podcast while I'm in the kitchen. And I actually could listen a lot more when my kids were really, really young. The older they get, the more they're around and they want to chat. And I don't get to listen to stuff throughout the day usually. And I'm sacrificing that time by bringing them into the kitchen. And I do look at it that way as one-on-one time. Like I'm not sitting on the ground playing blocks, but you're cooking a recipe with mom. And we, I think, discount that that that's quality mm-hmm. time. And yet it's not, we absolutely yeah. can use that to chat and to laugh and to be goofy and to make great things and to teach and train them while they're just coming alongside us. And you look at mm-hmm. Susanna Wesley, you look at, you think of like little house in the prairie days. That yeah. was their time. They had so mm-hmm. much more to do every day than we do. And their kids would just do it alongside them. And I think we've kind of missed that. Like it's, it's not quality time and yet it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, this has all been so great and so helpful and just practical. And and I love that about you, how you just bring concepts and things that feel big and just make it so practical. Um, And that's really launched you into putting together some cookbooks. 
which yes. I'm so excited about. So do you want to share a little bit about that here at the end? Yeah, sure. So we are actually working on a cookbook series right now. It's projected to be six volumes, but I keep thinking of other things that I want to do. So we'll see what it ends up being. The Jamie cookbook collection. Yes. I don't know. I may get burned out at some point, (laughs) Um, but we have two volumes released. So the first one um, is how to cook out of a bulk pantry. So all of the stuff we've been talking about today, um, it's half guide and half recipes. So the first half is just teaching you all of this stuff. How do you store Mm -hmm. it? Where do you buy it? Um, what do you buy in bulk? And you also don't have to buy stuff in bulk. You could buy one pound of beans and still cook the recipes. You don't have to buy it out of bulk, but then how do you, what, how do you just cook this simple stuff? So how do you do, um, how do you make from scratch, uh, tomato, tomato soup and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these recipes we're talking about today, the breads and all these things in really simple ways. Like the recipes in my cookbook are simple, easy, intro to cooking from scratch. And then my second volume just came out this month um, and it's from scratch pantry basics. So it's 119 recipes that are all from scratch recipes that would replace everything else in your pantry, your salad dressings, your ketchup, your mayonnaise, uh, your mustards, um, dry mixes. We have like a a bisquick, um, like faux recipe and brownies and all this different stuff, which, so that one's actually really fun and, um, includes all those other things, how to make them from scratch with whole ingredients that are delicious and amazing Mm. still, but easy. My focus is always on how do you make it easy so that you can actually do it. Yes. Awesome. Well, I will be sure to share all the links for all of that um, down in the comments. Now you have so many other resources. Finding Joy in Your Home is, I believe, your your ministry, your website, podcast, yeah. all of that. So I'll be sure to link that so people can find you. And I've awesome. gleaned so much from you. I, I've loved uh, oh. just hearing your voice and just seeing your social media and all of that. And it, it really has made such impactful changes in my home. Um, so I know oh, other yeah. ladies would be blessed from following along. So I'll be sure to share all of that. But thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.